I wanted to come on and give a response to the news today that Roe v. Wade was overturned. It was passed in 1973, and now all of these years later, it's overturned, and exactly what that means. I wanna talk about some of the issues surrounding it, take some time to talk about it. We might take some, some Q&As, depending on how long I take to be able to do this, but I wanna take some uh, Q questions at the end of this. So if you have questions, you can write the word question, and then go ahead and um, in front of it, write your question, read it a couple of times, make sure it makes sense, and uh, then we will respond to it. Uh, now, uh, what do I think was a four, a five to four decision uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned, sending the decisions, uh, sending the laws for this procedure back to the states. Uh, this is not the end of the battle, neither do I think it's a time of great celebration for those uh, who have been against this. I think that maybe it is a somber moment of the battle that we are in. Uh, because the real truth is that there's been a long, a lot of time that this laws could have been made, that individuals could have made laws for a lot of time. The, the, the Senate, the House could have made laws. Uh, they had, the, those who are in favor of this had the majority for on several times throughout these 50 years, but they didn't want to do that. They wanted the Supreme Court's decision to stand because you can, can rule on a Supreme Court decision. It goes into effect. You don't have to write any law, so you don't have to define anything. So if a law is going to be passed, which is what needs to happen, you this could be a national law. It could be protected under a national law if the House and the Senate and the President signed it into law. But it would mean a whole lot of debate. And it would mean defining terms like life. When does life begin? And if a baby is in a womb, is it human or is it something else? And if it's human, why doesn't it have any rights? Why doesn't it have any human rights? And so wanting to avoid all that would come along with that, and maybe even in the end, not winning in a debate like that, then I think they wanted to stand on Roe v. Wade and not go into any kind of trying to make it a law through the House, through the Senate, through something being signed in by the president. That's what the Congress is there for. That's what they are supposed to do, is make laws. Uh, there's a lot of fear-mongering going on today over this. Uh, there is, and it's good to see you guys on here. I see you on here from Facebook. Um, maybe we've got others from YouTube as well. If you're on, if you're on YouTube, then go ahead and give me a, just a little bit of a shout out there um, uh, where you're at. Um, but um, there's a lot of, of fear that's being generated over this issue, that it's going to go beyond Roe versus Wade, uh, that it's going to stop women from being able to get DNCs, that is somehow going to make DNCs illegal. All of this is just fear-mongering that gets away from the issue. And the issue is when, when, when a human is in the womb of a woman, does that human have rights? And I have said for a long time, I've compared this to slavery for a long time, that in the early 1800s, that a large, that, that the majority of Americans, at least almost right down the middle, believed in uh, slavery, believed that it should be the law of the land. And it was eventually overturned. 
and it was overturned because it was wrong. And there was this huge abolitionist movement that took place and it was overturned in other places a hundred years before it was overturned in the United States. And it finally was overturned and praise God it was because chattel slavery was a horrible, awful thing. But also taking the life of a baby in the womb on demand is a horrible, awful thing as well. And 45% or so of, of women that have this procedure have had it before. And so you're, you're seeing kind of people using it for certain things. And I think also to understand that since Roe v. Wade 50 years ago, there's been a lot that has changed. There's been a whole lot that has changed medically that many of the abortions now are done, uh, many of the, yeah, many of these procedures are done with a pill and that pill causes um, that baby to, to die. And don't, but don't think it's not traumatic. Don't think it's like you just, that the girl just finds out that she's pregnant, she takes a pill and then, um, and, and then it's over. No, it's very traumatic. What follows that event is very traumatic. And um, sometimes women who have gone through this are having, have nightmares, horrible, um, you know, reoccurrences of these things that have happened to them. And I just think it's really important for us to understand that, hey, we could have open and honest conversations about this. In fact, I've endeavored to do it. When I've got family and friends that are on the other side, I like to say to them, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this without getting, without getting emotional. Let's just have a conversation. Let's try to listen to one another. And I try to ask them questions and listen to them and see if they won't ask questions back. And I've been able to express my, my, my true feelings and thoughts about it, which is that it's a completely horrible thing that there have been so many babies that, that are viable even outside of the womb that have had their lives taken. I'm certainly not saying that that's the majority, but I'm saying that that is a horrible thing. And oftentimes, the arguments go to the extreme, to what about women who are the health of the woman? What about um, uh, incest? What about rape? Those are an extremely small percentage of the procedures that take place, an extremely small percentage. And so what's going to happen now, this isn't, this isn't the end of, of this procedure. It goes back to the states. But because it goes back to the states now, it is no longer the law of the land. And if they want the law of the land, then let them pass a law that it's the law of the land and then see if they can get that done, go through the debate process. And maybe we can get some of this stuff out here in the open without a bunch of rhetoric because rhetoric doesn't mean anything. If you throw slogans at somebody, that's just rhetoric without really asking the questions about when does, when does life begin? And if there's a heartbeat, if there's brain waves, if they feel pain, let's talk about those things and let's make decisions. Now, here's the thing that's going to happen is it's going back to the states. And in the states, they're going to be debating these things because they're going to have to pass laws in the states. States have some of the laws and certain states aren't going to change anything. They're still going to have on demand and other states are going to restrict it six weeks or, or 12 weeks. There's going to be restrictions. Six weeks would be an extreme. Maybe some will say none. I don't know. We, we don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen when they have to sit down and can't lay, sit behind Roe v. Wade anymore. States have to make their own decisions. So they're going to have to debate it. They're going to have to write laws. They're going to have to figure out terminology for these laws. They're going to have to define 
what a, what a fetus is. Is it a child? Is it not a child? If it's a child, if it's a human child, does it have human rights? Is there, is there such a thing as human rights when you're not born? What is the difference between being born and not being born? They're going to have to go back and there's going to be 50 states that are going to be, be debating these issues and writing their laws. And it's time for us, the Christian brothers and sisters, to really pray and start calling out to God that there would be good decisions that would be made. This is, uh, tonight they're calling for riots, pray for the safety of people who are out there, uh, pray for, for safety on both sides, pray for the safety of our police officers, our first responders, pray that, that they would have wisdom in how to respond to these things, pray for those that are standing on the life, uh, on the side of life, that they would be wise in the way that they would respond, the way that they would respond to the media, and also, Listen, let me give you, at the end of this video, I want to give you uh, a little bit of advice about how to interact with someone on this. Because already I found that as I talk to people about it, they start bringing up the stories that aren't true. The DNCs are going to be illegal now, which is a procedure when a woman has a miscarriage that she has to have. It's not going to be illegal. This is just this is, again, just fear-mongering, getting people fired up without really looking at the issue. I believe, given enough time, I think this is a, I think this is a good thing for the United States. I, celebration? I don't know. But it's a good thing because the battle goes on. It's another step in the battle that takes place over states, which is really where it should be. There's not going to be back alleys and hangers. Uh, there's not going to be... Um, girls who are, are, are taking their own lives over over this. This is, that is, again, fear-mongering. I'm not saying that there might not be certain individual instances. I'm just saying there's not going to be a major wave of these things over this. It's all just fear-mongering, and people fall back on uh, using rhetoric because they don't want to just deal with the issue. Now, I know Christians who are for this procedure, and I would say to you to reevaluate, to really seek God, to seek the scriptures, to see whether or not the Bible really does tell us that we were formed in secret and that God had given that child life. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not here today to make a biblical defense of it. I'll do that in the future. But I just want to say, Pray and seek God. Make those definitions yourself. You have to make them. You can't just say this is, it's not, it's not a constitutional right. It's never been a constitutional right. That would be in the Constitution or an amendment to the Constitution. You want it to be a constitutional right, then amend the Constitution. That's what these kind of things are there for. So um, I'm kind of seeing that I didn't know if I scheduled this for 8.30 or 9, but I saw that I could go on. So some people may be looking for uh, nine o'clock when uh, it's on 8.30, but whatever. Um, uh, so I just want to encourage those of you who are Christians to really take a strong look at this and evaluate whether or not you've been on the wrong side of something. There were Christians on the wrong side of slavery. And they, I, I don't know if they repented as individuals, but there were Christians that used the Bible to defend it, and it was the wrong thing. And this is wrong today, and it's why I've said it will eventually be overturned, given enough time. If God waits and he tarries long enough, given enough time, this will be overturned. 
but I think that there's a lot of emotion going on out there right now. And there's a lot of people who are vowing to protest and, and that's going to happen. And after seeing what happened during the pandemic with protests, that's a little bit scary. So we wanna be praying for the people who are out there, uh, who, are, who are going, um, who are in the middle of these things. Again, our police officers and the first um, responders. I also wanna say that the United States had very liberal laws around this. That um, the United States, I think, six, seven other nations had laws that were as liberal as this, that most of Europe is much more restricted. And it's not the end of the world over there. Most of them have, I think it's 12 weeks that you, if you're going to get, if you're going to get one, you have to get it within 12 weeks of, of um, conception. And so, and that's not the end of the world for them over there. In fact, in a lot of ways, uh, people see them as more progressive and more liberal than what we are, see them as the ideal for what they want the United States to be. I think we, we, we look and ask a question, why has the United States allowed some of the strongest laws that would allow children to be killed in the womb, the oldest? Why were we one of the latest countries to get rid of slavery, to get rid of shadow slavery? Why, why, and when, why did it take so much bloodshed to be able to do that? Um, I don't know if it's connected to our freedoms in the United States uh, that could be used for good or bad, right? Just because you have a freedom, just because you have freedom, doesn't mean that you're always doing what's right. You could be doing what's wrong as well. And maybe the, there's a stand that needs to be made here because a lot of times they talk about those that are affected by this law most are the minority, there's a reason for that, because those who were being, it was happening to us as unborn babies were minorities, most of them, which should just be, not, not most of them, a, a good majority of them, which should just be heartbreaking, all right? So I wanna go ahead and uh, take a few questions. If you have them now, um, maybe just a couple of things to clarify uh, if you, if you wanna do that. Uh, so if you have a question, you can write the word question out and uh, then you can uh, re, uh, just kind of um, write out your question, reread it, make sure it makes sense, and then go ahead and submit it. Doesn't look like we have any questions here today. This was a quick video. I decided to do this responsive video because I wanted to get it up on our website um, to say that I think this is a good thing, and it's a good thing because it's going back to the states. And there is an opportunity to debate this on the national level as a law. Let's do that now. Instead of hiding behind what the justices did 50 years ago, let's do that now. Like I said, technology has changed a lot. And so um, let's, uh, let's do those things uh, that we can do here in making a stand. And for us Christians, let's pray, let's seek God. Um, I think that looking out for the innocents for innocent is good. Uh, I also wanna say, before I log off, I wanted to say this earlier, that we need to continue to help women that are in crisis pregnancy. Uh, women, families, young women uh, that find themselves pregnant and are in crisis. This is something that the church that I pastor has done. It is something that we do. It is something we should do. I've, I've often said, if we just fight against this procedure and we don't help the young women that are out there that are in need, then uh, I think that there can be, well, it's, it's hypocr it'd be hypocritical. We want to do both. And, and the church did. 
You know, the church was involved in helping in slavery. Uh, the church has uh, reaches out and has been involved in adoption to a large degree. And I think that that can continue on. And I think that it will continue on. All right. So, um, so yeah, Renee says, can Hands of Hope help with adoption? So Hands of Hope is a local um, Tucson crisis pregnancy center. Wherever you are, there are crisis pregnancy centers that are well-connected and usually well-connected with churches around them and support around them. And uh, they are the, they're not only rescuing babies, but they're helping young women. And this is really, really important for us to understand and to stand behind. So I really appreciate that. And, and uh, like I said, don't, don't think this battle is over and don't think um, I'm seeing some glee from people. Um, and I, I don't know whether that should be our response is not. I, when I heard that it was going to be overturned, when it finally was overturned today, I did have a positive feeling about being overturned. This is, it's a good thing. It's good because it's going back to the states. It's good because it's got to be talked about in legislatures now. And even in the United States, that at a, at a certain point when, when they feel like they've got the votes to be able to pass this, and who knows, maybe it's right now. Maybe they need to pass, start passing it, having these debates, have them be open debates that are taking place. Then, um, we can really come to the place where decisions are made that are good, solid decisions on this. All right. So um, thank you guys very much. I'm just looking here to see if we've got any any, any other questions. Um, I know that there's going to be a lot on the news tonight. Um, so Ashley says, um, what would be the best way to talk to fellow believers who are angry regarding Roe v. Wade being overturned and don't agree with the beginnings at, con uh, at conception, like that life begins at conception, and are very much pro-women rights. I think the best way to have a conversation with someone, and, and if here we're talking about fellow believers, I'm anybody really, is to try to have a civil conversation, to, is to try to be able to say, hey, I'd love to talk to you about this when the topic comes up and it gets a little bit venom venomous, venomous, to say, let's talk and really listen. And one of the best ways to, to, to let someone know that you're not trying to build a strong man is not to try to talk over the top of somebody, but to let them say what they want to say, to listen, maybe even repeat back to them what they said. So you believe this and then let them correct you before you ever begin to talk to them about what your stand is and what you think the right or wrong thing is. And maybe they would be open to hear it. I. I don't want some, I don't want to make someone hear me. I don't want to shout over somebody to hear me. I want them to be able to hear me, but I want to be able to hear them. And I've wanted to know their side. And I've asked very openly, what is your side? Why do you think this is okay? Inevitably, they come back to the, to the women that are in crisis in their pregnancy. And I understand that. And so instead of calling them baby murderers, we say, okay, well, you've got two sides here. You've got women who are in crisis, but you've got babies that have a life in front of them that haven't been born. And, 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 and I look at those babies and how we can help those women as well. To me, it's not a one side or the other side. It's a let's help them, but let's save these lives. And so when you can look at it and not try to paint them as being evil, but look at it, as, and, and listen to what they're saying, try to find why they believe what they believe, because they, they do believe what they believe for a reason. So find out what that is. And um, I do think there is evil in this. 
I think it comes to the, you follow the money, follow the money back. And that's where you find the evil. There is evil in it. Just like there was evil in shadow slavery, there's evil here as well. And you follow the money and you'll discover where, where that evil is. But I'm, I'm not interested in telling someone, because you believe this is okay, you're a bad person. I think it's a bad position. I think it's a bad position for a Christian to be in, but trying to figure out, well, why do you think it's okay? To asking them, to really understanding why they think that's, that, that this is all right. Okay, Ashley, I hope that's helpful. And um, that's always the case, by the way, with us as Christians. We ought to be listening. The Bible says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. And when we do that, I think we're going to make a better communication and maybe get people to understand a little bit better. And um, so Megan says, I've seen some people trying to justify this procedure by saying that foster care is overcrowded and children not being adopted. How would you respond to that? Um, I would respond that the I don't know a lot about adoption, okay? So I know, I know a little bit about it. Uh, I would say that you wait a long time to have a child, and I don't know that this is overcrowded. They, there's a lot of protection that needs to happen. There's a lot of red tape that needs to happen. And um, I think that probably just looking for ways to be able to dodge it, but I would need to look into that a little bit more. Megan, that's a good question, but I need to look into that a little bit more. Um, I think that there are a lot of people that would love to adopt children. I don't know that these children come up for adoption a lot. And I think I do know what happens. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that a lot of times, unfortunately, the line is drawn where they say, I don't want to have this baby and I don't, I don't want anyone else to have it. And it just becomes something that is just extremely sad. We can deal with those other issues as time goes by. As, as we get figured out what's right or wrong. Um, you don't make decisions about life and death over a struggle. Let's just, let's just say we could acquiesce this to them, that, that foster care is overcrowded and children are not being adopted. Then is the response to kill the babies that are unborn to stop that from happening? Is that where we go? That seems to be a radical response to a problem that could be solved in a lot of other ways. A lot of times people get dualistic, meaning this is one, this or that, when there's a lot of other things that could happen. So I do wanna look into it. I, I, I don't know exactly um, how crowded, you know, foster care and, um, and adoption is now, especially for, for, for babies. I think it may be a bit more problematic as they get older, but you still don't want to respond with let's kill the babies that aren't born because we're not going to find homes for them because I think there's other options besides those two. So I think that's the way that you would respond to that. But again, you would, you would do it, you would try to do it in a way that doesn't cause people to just re return back to the anger and hatred and yelling over the top of people. And this is very hard to do with this topic. So John says, uh, good to see you, John, by the way. Uh, why are those that are pro-choice so against an organization such as Hands of Hope when they are giving women the alternative to this procedure and they are truly coming alongside of these women to help them? Don't they understand that life is part, is part of that choice? Well, John, I think they see themselves as, as, on others, as the opposite sides. They see it as a war 
and they see them as being the opposite side. And there has been a lot said on both sides. And um, yeah, there's just been a lot said on both sides. And I think that that's why they see them in, instead of being instead of being someone who can help them not have so many procedures, it seems like they want to have as many procedures as they can possibly have. And um, again, I, I kind of want to stay out of getting into real definitive kind of statements in this video. I want it to be a responsive video um, because I don't want something to get hijacked. So I'm being careful with what I say, and you can probably tell. I'm being careful with what I say because I don't want this responsive video to be hijacked. So we have another question. What would be the best way to talk to those who do not believe a fetus is human? They believe the woman is human and life is right where the fetus does not. Um, I would ask for a definition. Again, you know, you're, you're, in a, you're in a conversation, you're trying to talk to them. What's the definition then? If it's not human, what category are you gonna put it in? Are you gonna have a different category for that for then, then you do than human. If a dog has puppies inside of it, are you gonna say that those are not puppies? You're gonna say that a horse doesn't have colt, a colt, they're not horses inside, a colt isn't inside of them. And so these are definitions we've tried to change for this purpose only. And so that's, you know, I mean, I would try to say, what, what definition do you have? When um, I first got involved in this debate, when I was 19 years old, I started speaking for Right to Life. Roe versus Wade was six years old at the time. And um, I would go into the schools and I would debate Planned Parenthood and or those on that side. And I would speak first most often and then they would speak afterwards. I had to learn how to kind of determine what they were going to say so I could defend the position while I was saying it. But that's one of the biggest things that you, you can talk about is what are we doing here? If, if that baby is alive and we are killing it, then we are murdering someone who's made in the image of God. And, and in the Old Testament, God said, if you take a man's life, your life shall be taken for you've killed someone in the image of God. Does that unborn child hold the image of God? And if that unborn child holds the image of God, then we ought to protect that child. All right? So I think that's probably, you know, what you go down to. You try to get to the point where you are getting some definitions. This is what has to happen in order for it to become a law. For, for it to become the law of the United States, the Senate, the Congress has to, to pass it, the Senate has to pass it, but they're going to have to debate these things. And this is something I think they haven't wanted, which is why they haven't wanted Roe versus Wade, even though it was said by Ruth Bader Ginsburg that it was not, the, it was, it's, not, it's, it's a weak, it's a weak case. She said it. And it's a weak case because it is. Not because she said it, but because she was just being honest. It is. So go back to the, go make a law, go make a law. And in your law, put your definitions down. And then all of a sudden things get more out in the open and we're looking at what's really happening. Your rhetoric, my body, my choice, whatever you wanna say, works really well when you're defending a court case that has gotten passed that made it legal throughout the United States. It doesn't work well when you're passing laws. You've gotta go beyond rhetoric. You go, my body, my choice, but it's really not your body. You are, you, you have a, you're, you're taking care of another human. So when you start defining it that way, and I, and I also think, 
I've, I've, I've told people before when they're upset at my stance, I ask them, what do you want me to do? I believe that this is a baby and that our country is allowing at will for that life to be destroyed. And am I supposed to be silent? What kind of person would we be if we are just silent about the biggest tragedy of our lifetime taking place? Slavery was, was horrible, but it wasn't during my lifetime. This is the biggest issue in our lifetime. And we are sometimes just kind of nonchalant about it. I'm saying we should at least be praying, seeking God. I believe that the Christian's greatest call is the gospel. And I believe that a lot of babies have been saved by the gospel. And, and I've met children where the mother has brought them to me, or adults actually, and children, where the mother's brought them, introduced them to me and said, because of your message, then I did not go through with this. And this child is here because of you. And I think that that's the case. But I'm saying that we should be, understand how, how horrible this thing is. If I believe that lives are being taken in the womb, then how can I be silent about it? How can I not say anything? How can I not say, hey, this is a step in the right direction? And I don't think it's a step in the right direction just because it restricts abortion, by the way. Ah, yeah, you gotta be careful with what you say, but I don't think it's a step in the wrong direction just because it restricts it. I think it's a step in the wrong direction because it's, um, I, mean, I think it's a step in the right direction because it brings us into having more conversations about it, into really being able to define it. Every state is gonna have to deal with it. And I think that's, that's the right way for it to happen. Um, so that, I think that would be the best way to talk to someone uh, that, uh, that has that view, all right? So um, really glad to be able to come on and to, to get this out there. Um, I, I don't know how much things are going to be restricted on social media um, over, over this. And like I said, you could tell that I've been very careful. This is just an on-the-fly, unprepared statement. Um, and I wanted to be able to come on and answer a few questions and maybe give people a little bit of Christian context for this and that the direction that we should be going in praying, uh, that there would be a lot of conversations about it now taking place and some definitions and that we would know this isn't the end of the battle, this is, we're still right in the battle. And um, let's hope that the battle ends with um, the life of the mother being, you know, where, where this technology is at. Um, and some say, well, what about rape and incest? Well, let's, let's cross those lines when we get down the road. Let's have those debates as well. Let's cross those lines when we get down, down the road. But right now, it's going back to the state, so let's pray. Pray for the state you're in, Pray for the Congress. Like I said, let them, let them pass a law. Let them write a law. Let them vote on it. Let them, let them pass a law and say where they are. All right, so I'm repeating myself now. Don't want to do that. All right, but it's good to see you guys. Um, this will be up on our webpage, calvertucson.com, uh, as well as YouTube and Facebook, uh, so that you guys can reference it. Um, we don't know what's going to happen in services um, in all the churches across the United States tomorrow. So, you know, churches just kind of want to be ready. All right. So God bless you guys. Remember to pray for this. This is a this is a step in the right direction, but it doesn't abolish it. And I think that's really important for us to understand. The battle goes on. We continue to seek. We continue to pray. And um, 
we educate ourselves on what's really going on so the people can't use their rhetoric against us or that we don't start believing their rhetoric. Like I said, as soon as I start bringing it up, they start bringing up these fear things and it's like, that's not, that's not gonna happen. And I think we should understand that, all right? So love you guys, God bless you. Um, stay close to Christ and um, be wise and pray for the first responders that are out there now um, while things are getting heated, all right? So God bless you guys. I'm signing out. We will see you later on.